a lot of producers are not giving themselves the credit or even thinking about how they can really take their brand or their value to the next level. That's when they don't learn the business. So what would you do if you became a producer tomorrow? <clears throat> what were the first steps that you'd take? If I became a producer tomorrow... Ladies and gentlemen, I don't even know which fucking camera to look at because we are on the brand new set of the One More Time podcast. Looking like damn Ellen DeGeneres in this bitch. <laughs> I'm Playback Ben here with my co-host. Henry with a three. I'm just so overwhelmed right now, Ben. Me too. Me too, man. I mean, where are we? This is either going to be our best interview or our worst. One of the two, for sure. Welcoming in, though, on the first episode of the new set, it's our 95th interview. Legendary wide receiver, Super Bowl champion from the Kansas City Chiefs, Juju <laughs> Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Dude, I said it was Juju McClain. I thought that was like a nickname. <laughs> it is, but it's a different Juju. Oh, okay. In so the past, who, who we got? Who we got in all seriousness, we have Director of Producer Relations at United Masters, a man who wears many hats, though, in the industry. We got Juju McClain in the motherfucking building. Juju. On the brand new set of the One More Time podcast. He has nothing to reference, though, so he doesn't even know how epic this is, bro. This nah. is, I know. You're spoiled, for sure. I mean, the setup, I told you, we we're going to have a very adult conversation today. <laughs> yeah, right? that's you know. And I told him it could go one of two ways. Either very adult or it could just be some childish <laughs> shit we talk about up here. Who really knows? You never you, know. You don't know. But so I first uh, met you, I don't even know if you remember this, at the 404 Day. Absolutely. Celebrity. So we have a celebrity. Game. On the One More Time podcast, we've had multiple celebrities, but like this is official. Let was... me preface: I tore my ACL that day as well. <laughs> oh, oh no! Shit. I had knee surgery. But tell the Did people we... how it ended. We won exactly. I got MVP. So was it worth it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is a competitor. We walked away with three trophies. I played. Three? I played two games on a torn ACL. Wow! So you played with it torn. I tore it the first game we got there. Gosh! And you know, I tore it. I thought it was just a you know a little muscle pull because I'm a, I'm a I'm a competitor I'm an athlete so I was like hey I can stretch this shit out yeah the adrenaline's flowing you don't even the adrenaline feel was it flowing at the time. I was jumping like yeah. I was I, I played literally five games total I played two or three with it so it was cool. yeah like I so I wasn't it. far off when I said Super Bowl winner I was close he's definitely an athlete for sure I mean where do you get the the competitiveness from. Um, I played sports my whole life. Okay. Uh, I actually played college football. I played at Morehouse. Okay. Oh, wow. So, Linebacker? Uh, uh, running back. And okay. I played safety, strong safety. Okay. Running back and strong safety. So, um, yeah, like, I've always been, like, I hate losing. I don't know why. Like, it's just the, there's something that means, like, if, you, if you're going to attempt to do something, try to fucking win. Like, why are you just going to do it for, for yes. participation and just to hang out? Amen. So, like, yeah, like, I'm, I've always been my entire life just like, yo, like, if there's a chance to win, if there's something that comes along with this, like, I felt that it's much more fun to win something than to sit there and watch somebody else celebrate the shit. Absolutely. It's so <laughs> funny, man. So my um, my sister just started coaching her uh, sons, my nephew's six-year-old soccer team. Mm. All right. So my sister and I were like epic competitors, like from the youngest age. At his age, at six, we were like competing at the highest level, like trying to win every single board game, like tag, whatever, hide and seek. It didn't fucking matter. We wanted to win, right? Absolutely. Her son is not that way. <laughs> he is like the kid that, you know, stereotypically is on the field, like playing with the dirt. The grass and shit. Yeah. Like looking up in the fucking sky. 
And it's just killing her, man. I think the dog just hasn't got him yet. He's going to get the dog in him. Like, he's, he said six. Yeah. You know, he might catch that dog. Like, I started playing football at seven. Okay. So You're a peewee. But I had I had a dog in me early. Like, I, 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 I enjoyed hitting. Like, we, I, was, I wasn't playing flag football. We were playing, like, tackle. Yeah. So, like... I had the dog in me early, so he might, you know, it takes a little longer. He to get might to be the, like an artist or something too. Or he like, just a light bloomer. He's yeah. like, or he might just need to get hit. You know, like at seven, like or he, he might, might need to catch a tackle from someone like Juju at seven. Yo, he might. You might find out like one day when he really just surprised you. Might have amazing footwork. And he's like, oh yeah, he might be an amazing tennis player, or he might like be like he True. might be a golfer. Like you know, like yeah. Speaking of golf, you're like one of. I saw this video that was like. A, you know, a guy who like doesn't want to play golf goes out with his friends, hits a perfect shot one time, iron like, shot like two I'm, feet from the hole. I'm dedi- you coming back. I'm dedicating my whole life to this. I will sacrifice. I will sacrifice thousands my of dollars, green fees. <laughs> yeah. My family time re- yeah. management will suffer. And I feel like you're definitely in that category. Are you there yet? Are you every weekend? So what's funny is. I started playing golf like a lot of people don't know. I started playing like a long time ago. Like when I say a long time ago, 20, like 2017, 2018, my uncle, like I have uncles that play golf. Like he's an avid golfer. Like when I say avid, four times a week playing nine to 18, four times a week. Four times a week. Yeah. Like, but that's like, he does that. Like that's just his thing. So like he would bring me out on weekends and me and my cousins would hang out with them. And I would just like, at the time I would just go and grab the alcohol and bring the alcohol. So just, <laughs> sure. just to hang out with the old heads, just to catch a little old, older vibe. And I wasn't as into it as I am now. Like, I would go and I'd hit a couple shots off the tee. Like, oh, that was cool. But as I've gotten older, and like I said, I told my ACL. So, like, tell your ACL having that surgery. I told my ACL on my meniscus. It's like, bro, this shit sucks. Like, I'm 30, at the time I was 30 years old, had a torn ACL. I was like, I can't go play basketball. I can't just go down the court. Like, I used to go hoop. Can't go hoop anymore. But I'm still competitive. And I feel like when I picked up golf, like, really heavy, I was like, yo, this shit is actually like a mental game. Like I get to still be competitive. It's fun. It's funny because you could be competitive amongst your, your your colleagues. And against yourself. But you're mostly being competitive against yourself because sure. like, you're big up in your homie when he has a great shot. And then, but you're like, for yourself, you're like, I got to shoot better than I did last time. Yes. I know this hole. Like, let me go ahead. And if this is a part three, I'm going to get a fucking birdie. How do I get a birdie on this? Like, so it's that. Yeah. How, how do you think the competitiveness in you has like, played out in the music industry, right? Um, I mean, it's two, it's two folds, right? So I am very competitive in music because like like I said, I, I don't want to do anything and not win at it. So like when it comes to competitive, if I start something with the artist, if I start something with the with the let's say United Masters, I want to win at the highest level of it. But I'm not comparing my competitiveness, like I'm not being competing against anybody else, if that makes sense. So I'm not I'm not going against any of the other majors. I'm not going against any of my You're friends. Like, fuck Tune Core. Yeah, like that's not my energy. Like I'm just like fuck distro kid. Yeah, fuck CD baby. Yeah, I just like that's not my energy. I just I just say like because there's so many artists and so many ways to get into this business. So like I don't want to compete against anybody else. I just want to do like run. Especially now, like I've gotten to a place where like yo, like you're running your own race. There's no like I have like I just watched my friends cash in a hundred million dollar label. Like shout out to LVRN. Yeah, man. Sean Famoso was supposed to be here last week. And his Ferrari was in the shop getting delivered. 
Uh, and I was real because you, no, you, you know he did just buy the Rosa. Yeah. Yep. Fire. Yep. So Sean will hopefully be a guest on the mm-hmm. One More Time podcast soon. Amber Grimes has committed and then since been globe trotting. Those you know, are all my friends. Man. I know. Those are my friends. So it's like to see cool. that. So I can't, like, that's the thing. I can't compete against them. Those are, those are your friends. Like, we've seen each other come from, like, throwing parties and doing things, like, just around the city. So it's like, to see that, it's not, it's, a, it's there's no competition. And it's like. People forget the world is abundant, I feel like. There's so absolutely. much abundance. Especially absolutely. in, like, you know, music and, and just any, if you're, you know, any job you have. Like, there's plenty of room for people to win. You don't have to tear someone else's wall down to build your wall. But Absolutely. in golf, you know, you're competing. It's like the only one person can have the lowest score. So yeah, that's but see, kind of the so difference. the funny thing about golf is, it's like you could have the the greatest, you could have the worst hole ever on the first the first hole, right? And you're like, man, fuck, like your whole day might be, like, you can you can your day can go to shit. Yeah. But I compare the reason I compare golf to life is because like at any point in time in the day, somebody might give you a phone call and you're like, bro, what the fuck, bro? They just messed up my whole day. But am I going to allow that to dictate the rest of my day? So, like, with golf, like, that first hole, like, I might have, like, we played at Chastain. Chastain has no driving range. So, you can only chip and, no warming and up. putt. There's no warming up. So, the first hole, we looked like shit because that was our first drive of the day. But I was like, you know what? Like, we're playing a full 18. I'm about to have a great fucking time today. So, that first, that first hole was shit. But that second, third hole, I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel it. Now, on the fifth and sixth, oh, I'm in, I'm in a fucking rhythm now. Like, so it's like I've, I've watched like some videos and uh, and pros, you know, giving tips, and a lot of them say like it is how you respond to like adversity. You know, when you have a bad hole, the weaker players will let it affect them, and the stronger players will be able to overcome it. You know, what I mean, absolutely, yeah. Is that Reese Lafleur? That is Reese Lafleur. Stop <laughs> calling during the one more time podcast, <laughs> or just answer it and get him on first. See what he's got to say. Reese don't want shit. Yeah. He just wants to chat. Reese's, we're working on Reese's album. Uh, Reese's over at United Masters now, so we're working on the Diva, oh, cool. v, Diva Volume 4. Yeah. DJ Drama. So, so Gangsta Grills? Yeah, Gangsta Grills. Um, amazing. So I think that people need to understand, I mean, we really just got you on because you got this fancy pants title, you know, Director of Producer <laughs> Relations at United Masters. It does like, sound made up a little bit. Yeah. Like, what does he really do? Yeah. I mean, like, no, but but honestly, what do you do? Like, well, what does your day-to-day look like specifically with UM? Because I know you obviously have so your hands always a, lot. a loaded. That's always a loaded question sure. because, so UM is, a is first and foremost, is a tech company, right? So a lot of people always forget, like, we have, like, our distribution company is Technically considered a tech company. We partnered with Apple, partnered with um, Google, partnered with a few different people. Yeah, I read that they're like big investors in you guys, Absolutely. right? Yeah, both Absolutely. Apple and, or Alphabet and Apple, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, for me, I I run the producer relations department, right? So, well, not, I won't say the producer relations. I run the beat exchange, right? So director, producer relations. So my day-to-day entails, I, uh, going back and forth with different producers we bring on platform, uh, we've been active now for a year and a half. So in that year and a half, I brought 80,000 producers on platform. 80,000. 80,000. Wow. So when you say on platform, like unpack that. So, you know, what does that mean? Are you familiar with like a beat stars? Sure. So we're cooler. We're beat stars, okay. but cooler. Okay. No he shade. Said he, he, no shade. He said he See, didn't compete. Yeah, there's no, no competition. We should, it's no shade. Like, so are there are there UM beat stores? So we actually have a beat marketplace, right? So we mm-hmm. built a beat marketplace called the Beat Exchange, mm-hmm. and we have curated playlists. I have four people. I have three people that curate playlists with us. Um, we do live events, like we do an event called the Cook Up, which I created for uh, the first ones at South by last year. Then we did Art Basel, um, which we partnered with Intel on that. Um, we do uh, we have open verse challenge with Hit Boy. Uh, All right. 
really that was really a really dope moment. I'm actually working on something right now with LVRN. So that's gonna be really, really dope. Damn. Okay. Um, any uh, any hints, any sneak previews? We can um yeah, we just we're trying to make shit cool. Like uh I think like they're very good at that. Yeah, yeah, like that's like, and it sounds like you're pretty good at that too. Yeah, in the like, very short time at UM, all those things that I saw, I didn't know that that was basically new to what those like are your, all the things I created. Yeah, your yeah. role. Yeah, that's fire. fire, man. So like, I try to. That's what like I don't. One thing I don't brag a lot. Like people, a lot of people don't know. It's only if you know. Like if you know, like. I say, yeah, like I'm doing X, Y, and Z. So I pull up and when I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But That's why we got to get you on the One More Time yeah. podcast so you this, can have the moment to brag. Like, this is it. I appreciate this it. This is yeah. the place to pop your shit, Juju. <laughs> yes. All right. So don't hold back on us. Yes. Nah, I got you. I so got you. you tweeted that you chopped it up with the God, Andre 3000, yes. at a party recently in LA. Saturday. Which just oh, sounds epic. Three stacks, as man. Fuck. For like, sure. Yeah. So what did y'all talk about? So. It was funny because I initially wasn't even going to this party, but it was a it was Levi's and Rolling Loud, right? And I said, "Hey, we'll pull up." So we pulled up, and they were giving me flack at the door, like they were like, "Oh, you didn't RCP," and I was like, "What the fuck you mean RCP? Like, no RCP in Atlanta? McLean. Not even that." But I was like, "I don't RCP in Atlanta." But I was like, "For the record, I did actually send my email, but nobody responded. No, whatever." So then she was like, "I was like, who's DJ?" And it's Chase B's DJ. Mm-hmm. I said, "Fuck this!" I called Chase. So I called Chase's uh, best friend. And then I was like, you know what? Chase happened to be walking up at the same time. Chase was like, yo, that's Juju. And he was like, come on, he cool. So then, she, like, the lady at the door, she was like, I'm so sorry. Y'all are good. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So <laughs> Poor girl. She's just doing her job. She doesn't know who the fuck this guy yeah, is. Nah, so know. look. So, There's so we, probably a bunch of you being like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I'm supposed nah, to be but here. I, but I never popped that shit, though. I always, always stay like, I'm like, yo, like. Bro, yeah. I'm not about to go back and forth with you. Like, if if I really wanted to be an asshole, I could be an asshole. But I was like, yo, like, I'm gonna just call the homies, and the homies are like can, can verify this shit. Cause mm, like, yeah. I'm not about to stay out here looking like like you let a bunch of people in here that probably have don't give two fucks about what's going on. Yeah, I just, I'm in LA for the day, a couple days. So I just want to hang out and just catch a couple drinks. Yeah, talk to some of my friends. Yeah, so we go in and. There's a bar to the left, and I just happen to keep walking. And there's like a, a photo booth and whatnot, and I'm standing. And I was like, yo, I know that Scully. And three stacks walks by. I was like, "Yo, what's up, bro? How you doing?" It's like, "Yo, what's good, man?" I was like, and I, of course I had my braids hat on. He's like, "You from the A?" I said, "Bro, you don't even remember, bro." I said, "We had a legendary night together." He's like, "Her?" I said, "Yo, like, do you remember we went to a stripper boxing at uh, Club Platinum?" Uh, <laughs> Wait, correction. It's not Platinum. Um, what is the? Is no, it, I don't care about the venue. I talk about stripper box. So we went to a so, with Andre three thousand. So when when the Outcast had did their reunion, this was six what six years ago, seven mm-hmm. years ago. Was it the At Last like shows or whatever? Yeah, at Centennial. Yes, yes. So the best had, night of my life. So, so go ahead. It was a club that you, the old before it was a lure. I forgot the name of the club used to be, but it, before it was a lure, it used to be the, on Mondays used to have stripper boxing. Oh my god! So gosh. we happened to go. Like I'm cool. I'm really cool with uh, Killer B who used to work with Dungeon Family, who's part of Dungeon Family, Big Gip, like those are all the homies. So we all decided to go to stripper boxing on that Monday. And like, there's a picture. It's, I got to find it. If I find it, I'll send it to you. Please. But, but literally we were in the club uh, throwing money at the strippers while they were boxing. This shit was fire. That's amazing. And wow. he, when I said it, he's like, yo, that night was crazy, bro. <laughs> yo, what a great time to be alive. Sorry. So then like, <laughs> after that, like, I was like, we. I, so we had common ground there. But then I was like, yo, like, it's uh, it's always good to see people from Atlanta like just out in general I'm like like this is Andre Thousand but I'm like yo like just seeing them out in general and just running to your people I was like yo like and I happen to have on the um the East Side Golf uh, Jordan Twelves 
was like, yo, speaking of, like, you should tap in with Eastside Golf from Atlanta. Like, these kids from the, from the east side of Atlanta, they're the first golf company with a Jordan sponsorship. It's like, yo, like these, like, these are the sneakers I have on. He's like, yo, that's fire, bro. Like, yeah, like, like plug me in. Like, like what's up? And I was like, all right, I, t- I tap in. So I text Elijah Wine the next day and told him, like, I talked to Andre 2000. Mind you, did I get three stacks number? No. Did I get any? But I was like, yo, like, just something still. like that. I just still dropped that that piece of knowledge. There's like, yo, like, they're out here moving around. Put tap- it in his head, at least. Yeah, so, like, he definitely, like, he definitely was like, yo, I'm fucking with it. Like, that's crazy. So It's amazing. It was, it was Andre, definitely man. random as fuck. It was definitely a random ass LA night. Like, wow. I just, I'm really just picking my brain right now. Like, what, what would I... What so would I say? He, he actually has a house uh, not far from here. And mm. um, I actually trick-or-treated when I was a kid in his neighborhood. I think his mom lived in the house. But I, I, I ran into him a couple times. I trick-or-treated at his house a couple times. One time he, like, had just gotten back into town and gave me, like, a granola bar and 20 bucks. No way. And then, uh, yeah, and he goes to the sushi restaurant, actually, that I really He's giving like every trick-or-treater 20 bucks, by the way. And I guess that night he was. Yeah. I would have told him to go back night. inside and give me a vinyl. Sign a vinyl, <laughs> and that's it. Like, yeah. I'll never come back to your house trick-or-treat again. Facts. Now that's what I would have asked for. But I was probably like 10. Like, I didn't know what I wanted, you know. Facts. So talk to us about kind of how you view the overall climate for producers right now in the music industry. Like, how are you feeling about the landscape? I mean... I saturated. I don't think it's saturated. I think it's. I think producers don't like like we get to a place where either producers either know the business, you either know the business, you don't know the business, or you're just getting just pushed around in the business, right? Mm. So like, there's this business is like there's as long as there's an artist, there's always gonna be a producer. But I think producers don't understand their their value or what they can bring to the table and actually turn their 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 own businesses. So like. A lot of producers are not giving themselves the credit or even thinking about how they can really take their brand or their value to the next level. So that's when they don't learn the business. Like the producers that learn the business happen to like they understand that, hey, if I'm if I'm down on my luck, if I'm not making any money, maybe I should look and go in and try to do a publishing situation. Let me let me lock in with one artist or let me lock in on some sinks. Let me let me start tapping in on other places where I can actually generate revenue. And then you have the other producer who's like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, give this record to this artist. He's going to put it on SoundCloud and we're going to see what happens. You're throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's, this business, like, it's growing daily and producers just have to, like, like with anything, you have to, like, grow with the times and become accustomed to what's going on. So what would you do if you became a producer tomorrow? <clears throat> what were the first steps that you'd take? If I became a producer tomorrow, I would go sign up for a PRO. So mm-hmm. that's ASCAP or BMI. Mm-hmm. So many don't even know what that is. But yeah, I will continue. sign up for that because, like, if I do get a placement, uh, you got to register my shit and you got to, so I can get paid. I would then also, like, literally look, I would take a week or two and just scroll Instagram, TikTok. I would look for an artist that I think is compatible with my sound. They don't have to be a big artist. I would just keep scrolling. And if there's something that I see that I like, actually like, and if I can actually build that, and it's actually better if the artist is not, is unknown. Because I had the chance to build it. That's what Jetson did with the baby. Yep. Like you find something that's that's unknown and something that's like that's fresh that, that can mess with your sound. I would tap in with them and actually try to create an entire project, create a sound with that person. And then from there, like once you create that organic magic, everything, all the other stars start to find it fall into line. Then I'll go and start networking, like really get outside, like really try to get into the rooms, like shadows a couple people, learn to engineer. Most producers that don't know how to engineer, and you're a new Key. producer. You're gonna be fucked because, like, you know, call up an engineer every time you need a session, you know? But I've seen people get placements literally from being an engineer and 
they were like the the artist came in and was like, hey, like yeah, I need to pull some shit up, but they didn't have anything that was dope. And the producer, the engineer, happened to be the producer. He was like, yo, like here you go, I'm play some shit, and they got a placement. That's so it's like you know, just learning. Like I read a book called The Third Door, right? Okay, and that shit like really like it's a, there's really three doors around a way of getting into somewhere. You go through the front door, you go through the back door, or you can create a door. So as a like in any business, especially being a producer. Understand which door you're supposed to go into or how you understand, identify your, your entries, point of entries, and actually, you know, capitalize on it. Yeah, I, I think what, where I feel a lot, you know, of empathy for producers is that let's take the build with an artist approach, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fucking minute before you see a damn dollar, bro. But see, I'm just saying, like, that's just, true. let's just say, that's okay, true. people got to live, true. people got to eat, right? That's true. So for me, I think that a lot of producers honestly should either try to find those other complimentary revenue streams to your point, because people are paying for studio time hourly. They're paying for mixes. They're paying for masters, right? So like artists somehow are paying for that shit and they're not always so keen on paying for a beat, which I don't even really want to open that door unless, (laughs) unless you guys do. But, you know, for me, Almost people think that like, I don't know if it's they think they're above getting another job or whatever, but I do agree with you that the building with an artist is the best approach, but it also can take a lot of time before you financially reap so any sort thing, of like, right, rewards. Right? I'll be honest with you. I didn't see my first check in music until like 2017, 2018. And when did you start in music? 2011. Yeah. Seven, almost seven years until I got paid. And then even when I got paid the first time, it was some bullshit. And you were associated with stuff that at least yeah, was, I was moving. Like, I, was, I was always around stuff that was moving. Yeah. I just wasn't making any money. Because like, there's a, there's a certain, like music is one of the only places where you can do work and very quality work. And literally, you won't get paid for the shit. Like, it's just like, you just made something dope. Like, it's like, it's one of the fine arts that people like, okay, I don't give a fuck. Whereas in like it's the same thing with being a painter. Like you can paint Picasso probably painted twenty thousand pieces. He only got paid for a few of those. Like the reality is like you don't like this is not a space where and I tell everybody like when I go back and talk to kids at high schools or or in college, I'm like, they're like, I want to get into the music business. What should I do? I'll say either don't do it, <laughs> or if you do it, like understand that you're probably not going to get paid. You're probably going to have times where you got to sacrifice. You're probably going to have times where your family's looking at you like you're crazy. Unless you go take a, go straight to a job. Like, unless you go take one of the, the, um, the foundational jobs, like uh, doing admin work or being somebody's assistant. Like, take one of those jobs, like, you're, you're going to get paid. But are you getting paid your value? Hey, who am I to say what your value is? But that's also like, music is one of those places where it, the, your, your accolades, come from your resources and your people that you know. So like, mm. you literally like, because I know Amber Grimes, I can call Amber and say, hey Amber, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, and this is how it makes sense. And I, I already come to her with the idea of knowing how to take, if there was something that, that could have been a problem, I'm going to add another problem to a plate. Here's the problem, here's the solution, this is what we can do, and this is how we will all benefit from it. So like, just taking that, that approach. So like, I tell everybody like, whether it's a new producer, a new artist, like come into this business, like, yeah, if, you, if you're a producer, shit, if you know how to play the piano, get piano lessons on the side. You know how many people are trying to get their kids in piano? Yeah. Like, do lessons. Like, they, they have to be very strategic. Like, this is, a, this is not a place where you, you, have, you can come with excuses in this business because, like, literally nobody gives a fuck. As much as you want to cry, nobody will ever really, like— It's cutthroat out here. It is. Like, and that's why, like, so it's funny because I actually had to take, like, 
in January, I didn't go to the Grammys. Like, this is the first year I sat out on the Grammys where they, they're back. But I had to literally take a mental reset. I was like, yo, like, I'm just, I've been around music. I've been around the business. I like, everything has been going, 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 going. And I haven't taken the time for myself. So that's what it's funny because that's when I really dove into playing golf daily. Yes. Like, I was going to driving range. Whether it was going to driving range every day, it was going and like watching YouTube videos all day. If it's going to like, going to chip, going to golf galaxy and, and, and putting, like, I was doing stuff that I can find myself, find clarity and just change up my, my thought process because like, you get consumed with this shit, man. Yeah. For, for me, I think that, and I want to get y'all's take, I think it's easier than ever right now to become a producer or an artist. But that means that there's a lot of people out there that don't fucking get it as far as what it actually takes to make it in this shit, right? So it's funny as hell because I had this conversation with uh, Pat. Uh, Pat is over at Generation Now, right? Certified Pat. Certified Pat. Shout out Pat. Shout out we Pat. We had this conversation and I was like, and it was a couple, I forgot who else was involved in this conversation, but I was like, yo, this is the first, like, the, of course, the point of entry of music is very low right now. Like, if I have a phone, I can record. If yeah. I have a... Any type, if I have internet access, a phone, I can record, I can do whatever. I go to YouTube, strip a beat, I can do whatever. But I can get into music. But this is one of the only, like, we have to go to a place where we treat music like a professional sport, right? The same way we treat anything, any other profession. Like, if I wanted to go, if I want to go be in the NBA, I can't just walk up to the fucking uh, State Farm Arena and say, yo, like, I'm here. I'm in the league today, bitch, and start shooting Where do shots. I apply to be a hawk? Yeah, like, <laughs> so, like, the point of entry, like, like I have to go to, go to the combine. I got to go to the draft. I got to go try out for the team. I got to go, like, I got to go to some practices. I got to catch a couple runs with, with, with some of the guys. Like, I got to, like, treat to get camaraderie. Where now is, like, you have a producer or artist that'll pop up, and they're like, yeah, man, my shit's on Spotify, X, Y, and Z. I'm on this playlist. I'm on that. I'm like, bro, I don't give a fuck. I don't know who you are. I don't care. Who are your friends? Like, who are your, who the people you hang out with outside of this shit? What do you do outside of just music where it's like you're now, like, I can identify you as having a life outside of this shit? Like, what are you doing? So, like... Our point of entry, we have to raise our point of entry for music because, like, this shit is, like, like I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't really been inspired by music lately. Like, the only thing that's been really inspired me was Afrobeats. That's Bro, why. It's so sad. I can relate to that. Yeah. Not not the Afrobeats, but, yeah, the uninspiring. Yeah, just, I mean, sometimes we talk about it and, yeah. like, we're like, damn, we have this music podcast. And I'm hella inspired by, you know, these conversations that we get to have. But then I'm like, damn, like the music yeah it's just not doing it for me as much bro like and and i think i talked to someone on here about the fact that it's almost overwhelming though the amount of music that there is so much so So almost i get i want to try new music but all i found myself doing is going back to catalog shit bro so this is it's tough for me to like get through the songs i don't like of the new shit to find the new stuff that I inevitably I would like, because I'm not going to say that there's not new music out there that I would like. It's just that I only have so much time in the day. So if I want to listen to music, I want that shit to hit. And I know what's going to hit is the catalog of old stuff that I've always listened to that always does it for me. And that's timeless. So it's tough for me to want to sift through the shit. I don't know. Now I feel that. So what's funny is like, that's one of the, that was my, one of my biggest hangups with going to work for a label. Right. Like, if I became an A&R at a label, you're not just going to put people on my roster. And I'm like, bro, I don't like their music. Like, that's just like, I'm ne- I've am i never been like, I ne- never want to affect the funk with you. Like, yeah. if I don't like it, I'm going to say, yeah, you know, bro, like, eh, I don't know. Like, this shit, you might need to change this. You might, like, I'll tell you the truth. So, like, that being said, like, I am a catalog person as well. But 
like I, I'm inspired by the stuff that I'm currently working on. Like I list those are things that I, I actively listen to. Those are things that I'm like, if I if I have a genuine relationship, I'll give it a shot. And like if I give it a shot once and I'm like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this, like I'll move on. But like, you've set yourself up to only be working on stuff that you're passionate about. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, and I, I think that's a that's a pleasure. That's not like a thing that everybody can say. So like that's definitely a pleasure. But like I I th- I think I've worked hard enough in my career to get to that point to where I like if I like it, I'm gonna work on it. If I don't like it, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm not like and I'll stand stand on that hill and die on that hill. I'm I don't wanna touch it. So like, yeah, like I, I'm very active about that. But I also am just like the catalog stuff that I do listen to. Like my on a Sunday when I'm going to going to going to go to golf course, I'm playing old school. Like there's a I have a go to playlist. But like that that is so sad too, because like yeah, you know, there's like old faithful, old reliable, but it'll never compare to like finding that that new that feeling of that new artist. Like this is my new well, favorite there are, artist. There are though, because like even like and this is a I know I'm gonna get some flack from this, but I've listened to Yachty's album several times. Like I actually love the music where he is. The production is crazy. Production is crazy. Like I feel like he's in an experimental place where he's like, like when he gave us Poland first, he said, "Okay, now I'm gonna give you say something." Yeah. yeah. So and you tweeted that "Say Something" is a perfect song. It's a perfect fucking song. I need to unpack what. What does that what, mean? <laughs> what about the song did you find? You know, so perfect. a perfect song to me is was when you can like any mood you're in, you can play the song and you just change instantly where you're going in in space and time, right? So when I listened to "Say Something" the first time, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, like he's not on key, which doesn't bother me, but. He's trying something that's so like sonically pleasing. Like it's pleasing. Like there's nothing about this. Even with the out of key, it's sonically pleasing. Like it feels good. I feel good listening to it. And then I watch the video. I'm like, yo, you're in a creative space that like I get it. I understand it. And it's like I just appreciate it so much. So like, say something is a perfect song. Like there's only, there's only a few songs in the in the world that I listen to daily. I'm like, yo, that's a perfect fucking song. Name the rest. No, at least a couple. Or more. the other yeah. the the other few. I mean, yeah. So another perfect song, "Frontin" by Pharrell. So good. Frontin is a frontin is like if I if you're if you're at any type of um, kickback situation where you're with the friends, you're with the homies, you want to turn some music on, you turn frontin on. Any and everybody can get into a space of like it's an icebreaker space. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to enjoy their time because it's just like it just feels good. So like so frontin is one of those for me. Yeah, um, for me. A couple of Bill Withers songs I think are perfect. Okay. I mean, I think Use Me is probably a perfect record. Okay. I think Just the Two of Us with Grover Washington probably a us. perfect record. I, Fucking Ain't No Sunshine probably a perfect record. Ain't No record. Sunshine. You can't listen to that and not immediately whether... I mean, because I think what you said is this, and I think you tweeted about this before or like talked about this in another interview, was that music needs to give you that emotional connection. Absolutely. Bro, you have to feel something. something. Absolutely. Anything. If, if you're piped up, great. If you're in your feelings, great. If you want to fuck, great. If you, whatever it might be, it's yep. got to change where you were at just Absolutely. Then, or heighten what you were already feeling. Like if you were feeling piped up and you just want to like keep but that that's shit where you going. See them, that's where you see music. Like that's what music was supposed to do. So that's why it's, it's interesting now when you talk about the barriers of music and the entries of music, like, you have artists that are doing it just as a side hustle. They're just making music just to like, oh, I can make a quick buck doing this. I'm going to do it. But Or people re- that get a following the worst. I hate they get famous for something else or just showing their ass. And they're like, oh, I could make a song pretty easily as a side Whereas in so like, So the funny part is like you're always going to have, you always have a Houston's and you always have a McDonald's, right? Mm. 
Like that's just the reality. Like you'll you'll have a Carbone and you'll have a Wendy's. Those aren't gonna those those like those are two ends of the spectrum. Like you go to Carbone, like you know what you're gonna get. You know, well, I'm not gonna say you know what you're gonna get, but you're gonna get like you're gonna get a great wine. You're gonna get a great steak. You're gonna get some great seafood. You go to Wendy's, give me a four for four, bro. Right. I just need to get a get a quick feel. That, that four for four slaps though. I don't think but, they have that anymore. Oh damn. But see, that's the thing. Like, Inflation. See how quick see how quick that four for four went away. Yeah. Carbone is like carbone is carbone. Right. Yeah. So it's like like that, that's that's the reality though. Like that's why I say I, I can't even when it comes to competition. Like I don't even think about the competition aspect of this shit because like sometimes like without even t- being cocky, like most of the shit is not even on your level to even compete. So it's like what the fuck am I looking at that for to even care? There's no point of care. Yeah, it it really only has one option because, or I mean, I don't know. I guess the the counter argument was that some level of seeing what other people are doing can inspire people. Oh, absolutely, right. So like, LVRN just got the hundred M's. That's, that's, that's the fuck you about to do, fuck. Juju. <laughs> that's just, so hey. you about to chase that. <laughs> not, hey, what is man. that? Nine figures. Yeah, you about to chase that yeah. nine figure valuation. Nine man. Because if you didn't see that. Would you maybe, I don't know, like I, I do think that stuff like that can inspire you. So, so it's tough. Like, I, I, it can I do, cloud you too, though. It, it, can, it can also like make you depressed. Like, God, nah, damn, but see, this they got nine figures. But see, this is the thing, right? So, like, even and this is like part of that process of me going and like just taking a break and just like re- recalibrating. Like, I, I realized that I don't like being a manager, right? And like, oh, I, I'm, shout out to all of his clients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm good at being a manager, but I don't like doing it. He doesn't mean it, guys. He no, loves I absolutely mean it. Absolutely mean it. You should be good at it and love it. No, nah, the reason the reason I say I don't like it is because I've sacrificed so much to be a manager, and I've sacrificed so much to be a tour manager. Like I've missed holidays, I miss birthdays, I miss I I've missed those things, and like now that I look back, like I'm not mad at the time that I missed those things. But I've given so much of my life for people to not understand the much how much you sacrifice into doing it, right? So like the only people that could ever appreciate that much sacrifice are your like your actual kids or your actual significant other. So it's like, are the trade-offs worth it? Mm. We just yeah, we had a very we literally similar just had this conversation, <laughs> and I, I've you know not that I have anywhere close to the tracker that you have has had have had as a manager, but you know I was doing the manager thing. I was working with Henry and a couple artists, whatever. And I had my my son, you know, born. And I think you have a new yes, I do. child in the world as well. Yeah, as same well. to you. So, yeah, we'll get into that. But, like, when my son was born, I was, like, really trying to, you know, go full send into music, try and make it my, you know, full-time career. And I was missing a lot of the early shit. I mean, he's only nine months. So this was, like, nine months ago right when he was born. I was, you know, one foot in, one foot out of kind of both, right, mm-hmm. where it was I was sacrificing some things with, you know, personal. And then of course I was, you know, not always there for the clients and whatever. Cause there's just a lot, but I look back on it and I was like, man, I never want to, I never want to miss that shit they don't, again. Like one thing a client I never appreciate is like that time I could have, you could have been with your son or the time I could have been with my daughter. Like I was with you doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, so fast forward, like it might be three months later, they might be like, oh, you didn't come up. You didn't show up for this right here. That was just a week ago. I was like, bro, like, my daughter had got her first tooth, bro, and I didn't see that. Or my daughter just took her first step, and I got to get a video of it. Like that's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I had to. For me, I had to take back, take a second back, and reevaluate all that, and say, what the fuck do I really want out of this music business? Because I, like I said, I've been doing this shit since 2011. Like strong. I started in 2010. 2010 was like you know like learning the ropes. 
2011, I went full full speed in this shit. Yeah, so let's talk about what you started when you first got into it. I started managing an artist that, at like, so my my best friend at the time and roommate, like, I started managing him. Like, he was he was going around campus battle rapping people. And, like, I was like, yo, you need to manage him. Like, this music should actually is fire for you. Like, so we were walking to studios and shit. Yeah, but weren't you also promoting parties before that? I was. I was promoting parties. Everyone does that. Tell me why. Why it's like everyone, such a common why was theme. I, so I was promoting parties in high school. Like I've always been like a. But like, how does everyone get their start promoting parties? I mean, take the LVRN crew. So, Almost all of them, or like a bunch of them, were party promoters. They were like rivals. I think it's the ability to get a big group of people. Not together. just. I'm about to say like just knowing how to have a good time and like. Hey, that was one of our hustles. That was just the way we hustled. Like, I was like, yo, I know how to talk to a lot of people. I can go sell, like, you give me these tickets, I'm going to go sell these tickets to X, X amount of people, and I can get them to pull up. And I'm just a cool, charismatic motherfucker. So, like, they want to hang out. And they That's what it is right there. It's the, it's the charisma, bro. Absolutely. It's the, it starts there. You know, if you Absolutely. can, like, kind of sway, you know, sway people into, like, trust me, you want to, this is where you want to be on Friday. Like, buy this ticket. Oh, man, we used to have, like, two days, Sean. Like, they, yeah. so they were at Georgia State. But we used to have this thing called the shuttles, right? The shuttles used to pick people up from Georgia State, from the AUC, um, and then they would take them all, like, you basically have a big-ass, you rent a shuttle bus, and they would take you to the parties and take you to the clubs. So we used to partner up with Meezy, with Day, with Sean, and they would, we would all have, like, Sprinter vans. Yeah, like Red buses. Push, too, right? Push, Red. Yep. I went to high school Red. Okay, yeah. I went to high school Dope. Red. Shout so, out Red. Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my dog. <laughs> I love him. That's my dog. That was, I was, just that was a great him. interview. Yeah, I was just texting him a couple days ago. I love That's him. my dog, yeah. man. I've known Red. I've known Red shit. 20, 2007? Yeah, because he was doing figure eight parties and Bro, shit, right? Figure yeah. eight, Libra. Yeah. Fucking like I did all those. I did with, all of them too, yeah. Bro, with uh with uh Bachi, uh Brookup, DJ Brookup, fucking uh <laughs> shit, Ray G, uh Meezy, uh Shout out Meezy. Rachie. Rachie yeah. used to be a club promoter. We're trying to, I'm, I'm trying Rachie. to get the Meezy interview, though. And Rachie. She said she would do it, too, because she's at YouTube doing just... Rachie was a Rachie was a promoter. Incredible things. Wow. Rachie's going to hate it, but her and Meezy, like, they really, like, snap music. You remember snap music? Oh, yeah. Of course. Some Rachie, one of my favorite Rachie eras. and Meezy are, like, pioneers of that shit. Rachie's in a Soulja Boy video going crazy. <laughs> oh, man. I Meezy need, is I in need a, that. Meezy's in a snap video going crazy. Wow. That's real. That's real East Atlanta. That is the, the giant white tees. Giant white tees and all. So, so you know, so you and your homie who rapped were just like going up to studios trying so to record, we figure to, this shit out. So this is two nine nine Peter Street used to have a studio in the basement. Yep, yep. Right, and his his grandmother. I don't know if you're familiar with. Um, damn, I forgot the name of the damn group. Well, his grandfather was part of the Bee Gees. The group okay. of Bee Gees. Wow. Yeah, and then his. Um, the rest of his family was part of Organized Noise. Okay. And like, so he was, he was the descendant of the Dungeon family. So that's how it does. So he was very musically inclined. Yeah, so this is all, this is all like the 360 circle, how I said, like, when, even with the three-stacks conversation. Yeah. Like, so Killer B, who's his uncle, happened to be like, that was one of our click connects. So we started a, a click called Cream Cartel. So we were like, basically like, it was me, Maui, AC, uh, Christian, uh, shit, Lucci at, at the early days of Lucci. Uh, that's bringing back a lot of memories. <laughs> we so we we recorded there. We also recorded at Boom Man Studio up, up in Lawrenceville. I guess. Shout out Boom I guess. Man. Shout out to Boom <laughs> Man. We recorded at that studio. Gotta man, shout him out once. Say what you want about the guy, but man, he's 
He's figured out something. He's, I remember when he's he a great was LA. Business he was man. LA, the LA, boom the boom man. man. That's how I got introduced to him as a rapper. <clears throat> he used to be on tracks before he was this illustrious. I just knew label as, owner. I just knew him as my co-manager. With there was an artist I was working with that he co-managed with me. Oh wow! Because yeah. he was with AE. The artist was. Oh wow! At first, yeah, see, then, I knew him before AE. AE yeah. is a new yeah. thing for me, like to understand. But it's, like, I knew him before AE. He used to have poker nights on on Mondays at the studio up damn, in Lawrenceville. Dope. So like we like yeah some like, business deals going down at the poker games. Bro, I know. I think it was more trapped than business. So, okay. but like that's neither business deal. Like, <laughs> but, but yeah, like those, those were those are great times, man. Like those are those are the moments where you, you look back, and you say, I really put in a lot of work that people never got to see. Like walking, like I'm talking about walking from the AUC to Peter Street, like with five bucks in our pocket collectively, and going to Bur the Burger King right there on Northside Drive to buy a meal for us to now go to the studio and record for for free because they're going to fuck they fuck with us. And it being shitty equipment or it being like, we just doing it because we like, there's a passion. There's something to love behind it that we're like, yo, we're going to make it. But that's how this shit goes, bro. Oh, absolutely. You know how, like, how much fucking time have we spent chopping up clips and like whatever that like, it so looks much so easy once it's out and it does well, or even if it's out and it doesn't do well, whatever the fuck, right? The time that goes on behind like this set that we're fucking sitting yeah. on, you know how much time like just facetiming and fucking on conference calls trying to pick the fucking color of the brick and the damn rail and oh, the took fucking plants and like whatever but man. you you had such a, a love for it that you were like it you were never at any point in time gonna stop no no there so, was, it was never gonna stop let me tell you the we funny were stressed part. for a second let me tell you the funny part about that though right so stressful <laughs> this is the part this is the part of the process where you're like when, they, when everybody tells you there's beauty in the struggle there's beauty in like enjoy the process respect the process like when I worked with that artist, I worked with him for six and a half years, seven years. I didn't make a dollar. Yeah. I literally didn't make a dollar. How much did I spend? Oh, man. I can go down the list and tell you how much <laughs> money I spent. But that time, that process, like, I can tell you about South by trips. I can tell you about fucking A3C events. I can tell you about trips to New York. I can tell you about uh, reaching out to every single, this is the blog here, reaching out to every single blog. I can tell you about all those things that I did to just like, yo, we're going to make it. Did, it, did it, all of it manifest? No. But did I build relationships out of it? Absolutely. Did I learn through that process? Absolutely. Do you regret any of it? Absolutely not. Love it. So it's like, those are the, these are the moments and the times where I was like, or in general, where, where you have to be like, respect that process and appreciate that process. Because like, a lot of people don't get to like, you sit there and you're like, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I want to be. But the reality is, is, are you really like, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. So, like, you're only as good as what you've built for yourself thus far. Being happy in the moment, for sure. Absolutely. There's something very yeah. important about the presence. Yeah, Absolutely. But, but it is hard when you're in the present and you aren't where you want to be. Absolutely. If you were to have heard that same, you know, trust the process, it's going to be, a, you know, do, do you think you can sit there with the same perspective, you know, back then, you know what I mean? Yes, and the reason I say yes is because, like now, like I've done, like I told you, like it's weird because I've done, I've done this whole spiritual journey in the last, like especially the last, the last three to four months have been really trying and like just a spiritual place and just like a a place of growth, like right because like I have a great job at United Masters, I have a great business outside of United Masters, I have like I have all these amazing things that are going on, but it's like there's still points in time where you can have everything in the world, but you still feel empty with things, right? So it's like. I have to go back and refine the passion of why I'm doing what I'm doing, right? And then finding that passion for me, like, 
if I told myself, if I told 25-year-old Juju what I, Juju knows now, or if I told 22-year-old Juju, would I be richer? Absolutely. Would I be in a, would I have more material things? Absolutely. But would I be as fulfilled in my, as I am now? Absolutely not. Because like then, I like you'd have gave me at 22, you'd have gave me $100,000 or you'd have gave me shit, 10000 at 22. I would have fucked that off. I did. Make throwing parties. I fucked money like that off. Like I did dumb shit. Yeah. So it's like, I'm more in, I'm in a place now where it's like, it's about family. It's about like doing things that are memorable. That doing things that like, these moments aren't always going to last forever. Like sh the shit that we're doing, like I, when I went to, I went to Africa for the first time in 2020. That was 2021. I went to for Africa for the first time. And I was like, yo, I'm really in Africa. And the company paid for this shit. I didn't pay a dollar to get here. And I traveled across the world. I'm in Africa. I'm listening to music. We're doing cool shit. Like this is like this is a moment that I probably prayed for in 2010 that I didn't realize that I have now. So I have to appreciate this moment now. So what did you do there? So I was that's when I started working with SARS. I started work, we started working with so like the, the first trip was more of a going out, getting a lay of the land and just like, you know, catching the vibe. Cause that's the first time in Africa and like it's Africa, bro. Like you just want to go see it. Like I, I wanted to see what it really was. So like we went to Nigeria. And we just had a, a great fucking time for a week. Like we just had a we 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 met the people. We went to strip clubs. We went. We ate great food. We listened to amazing music. We went to shows. We like we got a real like diversion into the culture. Like shit was crazy. So I, I have a serious question. Like, mm -hmm. how did the strip clubs compare <laughs> in Nigeria to Atlanta? So the strip club we went to is called Silver Fox. Shout out Silver Fox. That shit. Shout was, out. You know, we had a great time at Silver Fox. Um, Full nude. Absolutely. Like that's a good question, Henry. It's better than California you know? strip clubs. Let's put it that way. Yeah. No shade of Cali, but you know, crazy girls is not ain't hitting no shit. Nah. <laughs> it's a, it's all hype. Um, but yeah, nah. Like the strip clubs were cool. Like I. So it's funny. You know, Kalechi. Yes, of yeah, course. So you I had took, him on the I went, to, I went to the strip club with Kalechi in, in Lagos. Wow. We had a great night at Lagos. What's, is there like a festival there that happens every year? There is. Right. So I've seen footage of that now for a couple years. Afrochella's in Ghana. Okay, and then homecoming. Homecoming's in Lagos. Is in April. That's what I was thinking. I'm of. actually going to homecoming next month. Homecoming. That going looks month. insane. It yes. looks like so much fun. <laughs> Damn. I'll be yeah. at homecoming next month. Is that? Yeah. Is that where you? You know, were you there for that last? No. Time? So last time I was there, we were there for. Uh, so they have a, a like the summer basically starts in December. Okay. So they have everybody comes home for the, the like the second week of December and they stay throughout. So I never actually got a chance to go to Afrochella, which is in Ghana. It's like a 30-minute flight from uh, Lagos, but I went. we went for like just the experience of Lagos, and the last time I went was for the SARS Academy, which is TSA. Shout out to SARS Academy. I was wondering if it was like airport TSA. Nah, so TSA is the Because fuck those guys. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I really don't fuck with TSA. Like, <laughs> They're always putting their hands on Henry in weird places. Yeah. Like, Finding all this drugs. There's no drugs under my balls. Chill out, TSA. TSA definitely on some shady <laughs> shit. But no, no, that's, this is for the SARS Academy. SARS is a producer from um, Nigeria. He's like, I don't want to toot his horn or anything, but he's like for real of, of Afrobeats. Like, he's literally like the OG of Afrobeats. Toot that shit. Yeah. Toot, toot, motherfucker. So SARS like, sounds hard. We just signed, he's at United Masters now, so we signed him to United Masters. So um, wait, is there a publishing arm of UM? So he's not publishing. We signed him to a label JV deal. So he has a label called 1789. Okay, cool. So... Basically, we brought in the label. We're releasing a compilation project with... He has this, this huge... So I'll backtrack. He yeah. has this huge academy that he's been doing for the last eight years where he goes and he taps in. Like, he sends out a, a, a basically a prerequisite and a, everybody applies. Um, this last year, he had over 10,000 submissions. They chose 14 people. 
So people that have come from the Stars Academy are like uh, Tim's, Rima, yeah, uh, Fireboy, uh, Burner Boy, Wizkid. What? They've all come through the Stars Academy. Those so, are all the bro, guys. Those this, are all of them. So like, that's what I say. He's like, I, that's he's them. an unknown OG. Like, like, a lot of people don't know who he is. So okay, like, all right. So it's not just us because we're white and like. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> like, he's like, he's a. Because we do get a lot of shade for being white and like ignorant sometimes. Nah, so. put it this way. He's gonna have one of the craziest Afro beat. Like we're working on like that's what reason I just got back from LA. We're work, working on a, a wild ass um, album for him. Um, protect stars at all costs. It's gonna be amazing. But is protect he gonna be at all costs? Is he gonna be an artist? Like so he's a vocal a, performer a, at no, all? No, 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 no. Just producer. Just producer. And so so same some of the same things I was doing with Danny. Like we're doing. I'm doing it with stars. Like Danny, I see you. Yeah, some of the same Shout things. Shout out, like, Danny. Wolf. Trust me, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> some of the same things like we're, we're literally like going and we're putting together a, a real album telling a real story and like just going to take it to the next level yeah damn so like a compilation yeah. album kind of thing yeah or? so like there's or just like a Metro Boomin project yeah, yeah. or whatever it's a, it's a Metro that's, that's what project. I mean it's several, oh, yeah. Yeah, several artists we have yeah, just like a producer so album yeah. I'll give you something I'll drop a couple gems let's go yeah. bro we got Rimmer on the album let's go we got Tim's on the album let's go we got uh, Skepta on the album oh Ooh. fuck yeah we got uh, Joe Boy talk to me uh, nice shit Low J come on bro uh, Khalid don't play with fucking uh, stars, Ira bro. Star. Like this, this, this is gonna be a fire album. Damn. That album's gonna be fire. So does he come from Nigeria to LA? Yeah. Or, so he or was, you just so what's funny is he's he's only been to LA a few times, and he just hell happened to be out in LA. And I, I went out there to, to chop it up with them and just go through the album. So like we spent a few days together going through the project, going through like just enjoying life together, man. Like I tell you, like in creating music, that's and that's one of the parts that are lost in now with the new artists coming into the business. They don't understand like. Great music comes from life lessons and and learned life. So like if you don't if you're not doing shit, you're not experiencing life. That's why you tend to have a terrible fucking album. It's why you tend to make terrible bodies of work. Yes. So like for for us like Stars Stars has a he has a lot of life that he's lived prior to doing this project. He has a lot of life that he's currently living. So like he's like this project is going to is going to be a a, a really big monumental moment in Afrobeats. Like I tell everybody now, Afrobeats is where hip hop was in 2010. Mm. Yeah, so what what kind of trajectory do you see for Afrobeat? Like, you think it's going to be pop music eventually? I don't think it's going to be. I think it's, it currently is, it is. On, the, on track. And the reason I say that, if you look at if you listen to Burner Boy's album, Burner Boy had a record with uh, J Balvin. Yeah, which he had like he had records with Blast. He had records with Kalani. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's in a place where if you look about if you think about where music was in 2010, where the blog era, we were just just discovering. There's there's Afrobeat artists now that you'll find, and you're like, bro, he has fucking seven million Instagram followers. He has, but he only has three hundred thousand monthly listeners. That's because Spotify and Apple Music are new to the continent. Mm -hmm. Those are not big streaming platforms. Though they're just now becoming getting gaining traction. Where do people listen to Audio music? Mac? Is huge. Audio Mac. Audio Mac is huge. So that's the biggest in Africa. I'm not gonna say or, it's, a, it's not or like that we know of. Yeah, like, like the, the US know, like friendly. It'll platforms. be Audio Mac and then it'll be like Spotify right right behind it somewhere. But they have something called Boomplay. Boomplay is really big as well. Mm, wow. But not like so like, but I think we're in that place of discovery because a lot of people are just like even I'm on piano, right? Yeah. I'm on piano comes from South Africa. So it's not like that's a whole different South Africa. Who like, just taught us about that, by the way? We just had an interview, someone was teaching us about what that, yeah, what yeah, that it's means. A, it's exactly. a whole like I'm on piano is basically what um, no, Sean, Sean was talking about it in a different in the, his other interview. Okay, with the three black guys on a couch. Yeah, he was talking. They was talking about that. Yeah, I'm on piano. Like it's a it's a it's a whole nother vibe. It's, up, it's a subgenre. Exactly. 
So like with I'm a Piano, you have people like DJ Uncle Waffles. She's amazing. <laughs> it's a great name. She's fire. DJ I watched, Uncle Waffles. I, her name is DJ Uncle Waffles. I seen and her. And I seen she. her for the first time. She's a she. That's I seen her for the first time fire. in Legos. She's like, mind you, she's not the most incredible. Like no shade, um, Uncle Waffles. I fucking love you. She's not the most incredible DJ in the world. She's the most incredible performer. Mm-hmm. Like she knows how to perform in a DJ set. So like when you think about what EDM, like if you go went to an EDM festival and you seen like a Diplo performing, he's a performer. She's a fucking, like, they're dancing on stage. They're having a good time. They're turning up with the crowd. Like, she's performing. So it's like, with even with, to go back to SARS, like, we're mixing those elements of the of that. And for me, like, the reason I'm inspired even with the SARS project now is, like, I get the chance to now to tell people how to listen to Afrobeats music. Because a lot mm. of people don't know how to listen to it. Like, you don't know, like, you're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. But, uh, like, but when, now when I start adding, I'll, I'll sprinkle in an element. Smino's going to be on the album as well. I sprinkle, I sprinkle in the Smino, and you're like, yeah. you're, if you're a Smino fan, you're like, oh, let me feel, see what Smino's doing on a, on this record. So, like, yeah. we get to create a narrative and create an actual story. So, like, and when there's I'm artists you're, now. When there's artists you're familiar with, too, it can kind of bridge it. It's, Absolutely. like, more comfortable for people. Like, Absolutely. oh, this is an artist that I'm familiar with doing this, so now I kind of see how it connects. I can kind of vibe with it more and get into it cleaner, I guess. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. See, like... This is when I think features make the most sense. Oh, for sure. So yeah. I, I'm like not even a huge fan of just like getting a slightly bigger artist that's in the exact lane as you. I mean, yeah. like I, I I see where that can like have its purpose, right? If you're a developing act, you're kind of on the bubble. People know you, but not that well, whatever. You get fucking future and you're a trap artist. Like, you know, you're, you know, you might be out of here, whatever. Like, but. So that's the difference in politics and politics and actually just doing the art, right? So if you're just doing, if you're doing the art and you're like, bro, like I'm not just going to settle for anything, like that's when you you'll go outside the bubble. Mm-hmm. And that's it's funny because like this, these are more intimate conversations, but I this is part of the process of of even a and on a real album. Like you sit there and you you're like, I could do what what the norm would be, and I can do something that people would be like, oh yeah, like that person on this on this record, it makes sense. But I'm thinking outside the bubble of how can I how can I open your circle? How can I add if I know that part of your 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 fan base that you don't even know about, but I know they enjoy it. Like I know that the, the the people I went to college with are like they like a certain type of thing, or this select group knows a certain likes a certain type of thing, and this select group hangs out doing X Y and Z. This certain type of group might like this type of artist. Well, this type of artist actually has a tone or undertone that can fit on this pro- on this record, mm. and it could actually add value to what you're doing. So like that's that whole process. Like that's the part of music where you you, you still you find the passion and love again, and you're like, bro, I want to do this shit daily. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, as the director of producer relations, like because we, we he, know what it is now, you don't have to give them the air quotes. I just like doing that <laughs> because it's such a fucking nebulous title. Um, is it because he's a producer that you happen to now be a and ring his project, or how did you find yourself? Well, or did you like go after it because you're like, yo, this sounds fire. I want to be a part of this. No, so like I have a track record in being an A and R. So like, I mean, you were Juju A and R for the longest. Are you still? I don't even know. I saw. I changed it to Juju underscore. I know. I saw that. I was like, rest in peace to the A and R. But like, apparently apparently he's still out. He doesn't want to box himself in. He's a a man of multiple talents. No, it was a phase. Like, like I. That's when I thoroughly enjoyed being A and R. That's when I was like in the studio, like prior to actually like. Managing several producers, I was actually helping producers get placements. I would go to different sessions with different artists and actually plug and play and, and actually get help producers get placements. I feel like that phase of my life was just was was exactly that. Like I I outgrew that that portion of my life. So like for the A and R side, like I could have went to a label and become became an A and R. 
It's not really what I wanted. That was never my passion of working. Like I said, I don't want to work on projects that I don't like. I don't want to do things that I that, that aren't inspiring me because like now it's like I'm working. Imagine this: you're working your dream job at a like like you're working a dream job in music, making a living, but you're miserable every day because you have to work for some shit that you don't like. So like, that's just like fucking that's horrible. like a double edged sword. Like fuck, I gotta do some shit that I don't like, but I'm doing a job that I fucking love. What kind of shit yeah. is this? It's like some weird, terrible paradox. You're you know? like so close to the dream. <laughs> Bro, like it's, it's like, like purgatory. I or would something. never yeah. I would never put myself in that predicament. So like the SAR situation <laughs> came because like when I went to Africa for the first time, we actually went and we we were in a process of wanting to expand. United Masters wanted to expand. We wanted to get to a place where this was like and I, I've always enjoyed like I'm Caribbean, so I I I've enjoyed like uh not necessarily Afrobeast, but reggaeton. Like uh, I've always been a fan of Latin. So like just enjoying those, like it was is a easy, it's easily digestible. And I enjoyed it. So like with SARS, like like I said, like hearing the project or hearing the music, it inspires me again to think about like, damn, this is the new frontier of music for me. Not for, for everyone, but for me, like I can I see myself helping build this to the next level, see myself adding value to it that we can take this to another height. So like it's gonna yeah. be more exciting too than just making like a hip hop album. Oh, it is. You know what I mean? It's like we got we got so many hip hop albums right now. Man, it's got to be feel fun to tell like, us how you really fun. feel. Be on the frontier of something <clears throat> new, though. You know, it's fun. It's Not fun, for man. sure. It's so, fun. So you obviously did like the six and a half years with that artist that mm-hmm. you learned a lot from, but clearly you're not doing that anymore. It didn't, you know, work out long term, you know, so to speak. So. What was your first break that you'd consider? Music is like dog years. Let's say that first. It is. Mm. Music is dog years. So yeah. those six years were like 20 years of my yeah. life. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, nah, like. You know what I mean? Did. Like wh- when did it start to feel like it was working? You know what I mean? Like did you start working with another artist or, you know, like what? I mean, I knew music. I knew in general like the business was working for me when like I'm very practical, right? So when I say practical, when I realized I can have a roof over my head still. I can have because there was times where that was not possible. There was times where I didn't like my car had got repossessed. Like there were times where shit, like real life shit, happened. But as those all those trials come to you, are there are you still happy in doing this, and are you still leveling up in the process? Because like those are dark, like those are dark times. Like J Cole's verse, "There's Beauty in the Struggle," was real at that point. Like I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Like working with this artist, I'm not making no money. I've gone, I've I've done everything I can. I've taken him trying to become get him a publishing deal. I've taken him, he got a distribution deal. Like we've done X, Y, and Z. The shit is not working. So I, for me, myself, I had to take a, a internal like time and say, hey, let's pivot. Let's let's start pivoting. Let's start doing stuff that that can make sense. So that's when I went into tour managing. And and so who'd you start working with? So I tour managed for Reese, uh Reese LaFleur. Shout out Reese. Reese coming full circle now. Um Stally. Yeah. Okay. Stally. Wow. Like MMG Stally? Yeah. Okay. I actually, his I beard is phenomenal. I A&R'd his project, Saving Yusuf. Ooh. Okay. Nice. I A&R'd his project. Play some of the beats on there? Yes. So placing the beats, like helping, like sequencing. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you trying to grow a beard like his right now? Or? Nah, like this is Because his was a, fucking immaculate. Yeah, I can't, like Stally, I don't know what the fuck he put. I'm not sure what kind of cream Berries he's and juices, all type of shit. Like, <laughs> the I, oils. I'm not, I'm not quite, I'm not quite there. I'm <laughs> yeah. not quite there. Okay. Berries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Stally. Nah, that's that's the homie, man. I wonder like, what he's up to. I love Stally, man. I talked to him a few weeks ago. Oh wow, that's okay. my guy. Um, I and our Sci High the Princess project around that time. We are Sci High stands over here. Sci High's made his way onto the podcast like forty times. He's coming on a couple clips. I did Black History Project. Up. I did Black History Project. Oh wow, wow. 
Amazing. Actually, so true story. Like when I say you you have to find side hustles and do things like that, you're like probably out of your comfort zone. I actually made the artwork for uh, the Elliot Wilson record. I made the art, I made the artwork for that. Did you like get a crack copy of Photoshop and just rock out or what? Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I did. Was that an ode to like Rap Radar? Elliot Wilson actually blocked me on Twitter after I made that. <laughs> Shout so out to him. So Elephant in the Room, I made that. I made that. I actually, that's when I really started working on Side Heavy because like, that was the first time I actually had a record go viral. Like I, I did that. I was from the marketing and the, yeah. the A&R and that. I did the entire thing of that record. And like that's when he set up the interview. And you, and and you I, got blocked by the goat. Yeah. It was, it was a fire time. Fire, fire, fire time. <laughs> did he unblock you? I, I actually don't know. I never checked, like Elliot. Come on, come on. He definitely blocked me in it because I made he, he was guy. a picture of for Saha, so it was funny as hell. Wow. Great. Um, yeah, I made that artwork. I made uh, the other record. So, are you few. making music at that? I mean, are you making money at that point? Like through all these things, are so you making I, any so money? I was making money, but I wasn't making money from music. I was making money from I was doing silent parties at the time, dealing drugs. No, no, no. I, so that's. That's way that's way in the past. No, 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 no. That was before so, I mean, the party promoted. You know, we had that was after actually after party promoted, but you know, like you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Of course. But um no, nah, I started doing silent parties. I was um so the headphones with the party. headphones, yeah, silent yeah. discos. You were doing I, brought silent the, discos? I brought those to Atlanta. I was really? actually the first, yeah. It's a weird claim to fame, I feel like. I actually those are cool, man. They like it looks hilarious when you're not wearing headphones. They so had their moment. No, so let me tell you what's funny. Let me tell you what's funny. I think they're still are they still so, around? Well, so 20 I started them in 2014, 2015. Okay. Started them in 2015. Um, I was doing about in Atlanta, I was doing three parties a month. Um in general, I was doing about seven, eight parties a uh a month. And I, I built a database of like 300,000 people in Atlanta from like Jesus. throwing silent parties. Cause like, Yo, am I on there? Did you ever come to silent party? No. I was about to say like, like we, we were literally like, I was going to this place called uh, um, Black Cat Alley. They closed this on Auburn Avenue, but I, we were going there. We were doing Halo Lounge and we were doing, um, I did a food truck park. I did the, the old food, food yeah. truck park. Oh, was cool. all yeah, there. Yeah. I did there. Um, yeah, when we were doing, we were averaging like seven, eight hundred people a week, and we were doing those. I was doing those weekly. Then I, I was also running Nashville. I was running a party in Nashville. I was running one in um, uh, Detroit and Chicago. Wow! And I was doing those monthly. So like, I was making, I was actually making a shit ton of money at the time because I we did, I did, I started. That's when I got my first like introduction to label business as well because uh, Nick Grant. We we actually did a deal with Nick Grant to do his. We did a silent party tour for him. His listening party was a silent party tour, so that was really fire. Wow. Um. Yeah. So like, I was making money on the side. Like I had a side hustle that was actually like parallel to music, but it wasn't like what I wanted to do. That's yeah. part of the reason why I stopped doing the silent parties. Have you been able to leverage that email database since then? I honestly lost it. Oh no! Wow. I was like, that's part of the ignorance of the business. Like, I didn't understand what I really had. So valuable. That was yeah, so it. valuable. Just email addresses of music it. fans. I lost it. Major. Over big two, L. It was over. It was like <laughs> common was, juju L. Two hundred and ninety, <laughs> like two hundred ninety thousand people, bro. Oh my Holy god! Shit, man. Imagine just blasting all of them. Sarge's new album. Like, check the shit. Yeah. Out. Damn. <laughs> lost it. Well, it's you're funny, a much I, wiser man at this point. I feel absolutely. like you wouldn't make that yeah. mistake in today's environment. I mean, I don't even think it was a mistake. I think like oh, it was a mistake. It, nah, if I, nah, <laughs> big mistake. If bro. I had it, so, what would you do with it? But if I had it, like, would I have sold it years I know. ago? That's what I'm like, saying. What would you yeah. do with your like current job with it? 
Like I probably wouldn't have had it in my current job because if I still had it, I would probably sold it for a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. And like people, they if times got tough for sure. Yeah, they, they, the information would have got sold to somebody to some Definitely. company that needed it because I had it was two hundred ninety thousand millennials. So yeah. like, who the fuck doesn't want the info? Yeah, but man. I mean, like, kidding me? Like, but I think like like I said, it served its time. Like I, that was a, a launching pad for even like people like Earth Gang. Earth Gang came and like they they premiered records. Like different artists would come to the silent parties to premiere records because they knew we had a certain crowd that would come. Every week, yeah. So they were coming and dropping records. So damn, they put, this dude was trapping silent parties for a minute, bro. bro. You had to, man. <laughs> That's fire. You gotta, you gotta hustle, man. Yo, I, I feel like I have so much more to talk about, but I feel like we've been going for a while. How long have we been going? Oh, we're a little over an hour. Okay, for sure. Well, my friend Juju, we have entered a final segment of the podcast, the very first on the brand new set H three. Where we at? I don't even know how to how to do this. How to act on the new set? Nah, you're acting a fool right now. This is the Rapid Fire Rampage. Okay. It's going to be a three-part Rampage. Three short parts. I'm going to start off with some short answer questions, move into a this or that, and finish with a word association. Okay. Get into it. Rampage! <laughs> Starting with the short answer. I'm still going to get like quiet and vibey for this part. Even though Go ahead. The new set. Okay. Do you? Did you what? Okay, I got a boom mic. I'm still getting used to it. Okay. I can see it. You know, you can move your mic out a little bit, bro. There you go. Not that far. <laughs> what is one of the biggest misconceptions about becoming a successful producer? That everybody can do it. Some people just aren't cut out for it. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like I said, it's like professional sports. Everybody's not LeBron James. Some people can be John Stockton. Some people can be like... Role player. Like if they're white. No, no, I didn't say like... <laughs> like John Stockton has still got... Like what? Fire. He got hella rings. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's like... You can still win. You just got to know your, like, how to play in your, your position. Like, everybody's not going to be Metro Boomin. We got into a whole thing with Barry Hefner about John Stockton. Yeah. <laughs> he's, wanna... he's not a fan. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. He's not a fan. <laughs> Basically, thinks he's trash. But yeah. I'm like, okay. He got okay. rings. So, I know. Shit. And he's, he's going to Hall of Fame, isn't he? And he's amazing. Like, well, could he play in today's environment? I don't know. But... I probably get cooked. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. He's cooked. For sure. But it's like, okay, never mind. Juju, three. Of the biggest things a producer could do right now to get your attention, um, lock in with an artist. Be serious about your business. Like, have already have a PRO, already have uh, your sound exchange, already have like no understand with the business, understand how to make money in the business, like, and just do dope shit. Like, don't give me the regular eight hundred eight. Uh, six count then a hi-hat I don't want that shit give me like like really be creative with this shit take it to take it to heights it has it gone you gotta stand out man absolutely like got that. to we had mp3s we had streaming services what is the next big industry disruptor um so it's funny web3 people yes. don't people don't want to appreciate it thank you I was kind of like setting him up. You just alley ooped him right there. <laughs> yeah, people don't appreciate it, but it's definitely the next big, big disruptor. I feel like, I feel like my retirement from music is through Web three as well. So like, I, I'm all for Web three. I'm all for it. I'm all for like. There's certain things in Web three that I think are just immaculate. I feel like it's it's in a place now where it's you have a bunch of tech people that don't understand music. So it's like the prime time to get into it. And if you understand music, if you don't really understand tech. Link up with somebody who understands tech. Yes. Talk about it 
and creates the next frontier because like we're in that space. But yeah, Web3, absolutely. Decentralized streaming services. Absolutely. NFT collections. Decentralized publishing. Yes. Like everything. All it's all on the blockchain. DAOs, everything. DAOs are a big one. So glad. That, that one was a selfish question, but go ahead. Don't regret it. Well, yeah, you get one of those per episode. Per episode. That was my one. Yeah. You hit your quota. You drew the year is 2045. The documentary slash biopic of the life of Juju McLean is currently in production. What is it called? Who plays Juju? And who plays the female lead? Oh, man. 2045. I feel like that's enough time for you to go crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. I really don't want a biopic because I feel like with a biopic comes all the like the scrutiny. Like People would be like, oh, they're going to pick apart everything that he did bad. And I'm like, damn, I don't want to get canceled in 2045. Yeah, like the Spotify so, Who knows one? what's going to be acceptable. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. I don't want to be canceled, but... Just I'm, documentary that maybe. He was at a strip club in Lagos, Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, like... What a stripper boxing. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't want to be... I don't want to be part of those things. So, like, I feel like... Um, whoever plays Juju in 2045 is probably not even, like... He's probably, like, right now in elementary school. Okay. That's he's probably looking true, up yeah. to me, and he's like, yo, like... Oh, he doesn't even know who I am. Yeah. And he's one day is going to become an amazing actor. And he's going to be like, yo, like. Okay, 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 changing question. The year is 2023. Okay. The docu-series of the life of Juju McLean is mm-hmm. in production. What is it called? Who plays Juju? Who plays the female lead? It's called You Got Me Fucked Up. <laughs> so fire. It's called, okay. it's called You Got Me Fucked Up, but for the, the censor title is Don't Quit. Okay. But don't quit. You got me fucked up. Okay. Oh, it's like a parenthesis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And course. like the don't quit part is like, yo, like you've done all these things. You've gotten to these points and you realize that throughout every process, every like interval of your life, you don't want to quit. But then you also realize that through this process, people, a lot of people have had you fucked up or things have had you fucked up. When I say you got me fucked up, it doesn't say it had to be people. You'd be like situations. You got me mm. fucked up. Like you don't understand. Like I'm bigger than this, this battle. I'm bigger than this moment. I can prevail through all this. So yeah. And who would play me? Um, who else? Denzel Washington, man. What the fuck? Gotta be. The fuck? I love him, Big Denzel. Who's the female lead? Female lead. <laughs> oh man. Um, Whoever you just thought about right there. That's who. That's who it should be. Yeah. I don't know who the female lead is, man. I'm not even going to, you know, I ain't even going to put that out there like that. <laughs> he's, he, he's holding back on us, Henry. Nah, never, never. Okay. Okay, Um, for this next question, we're going to need you to get your phone out. Okay. And um, It was Reese. Nope. We're going further down than that, but, okay. do, but do go to the call log. Okay. Seventh call down. My seventh call down is... Don't lie. Reese. DJ BJ. DJ BJ? Yeah. What'd you talk about? Um, Nudie's going to Portland tomorrow. So I'm trying to put send Nudie to the Nike uh, campus. What do you have to do with that? What did I have? To, so like, I'm always like, we talked about never being a hater, right? Or never being just a person like competitive. Like, those are my friends. Like, these are my friends. So like, uh, my homie Malachi from Nike called me. He was like, yo, like, uh, Nudie's here tomorrow. Like, As in have- Malachi, uh, not from Garcia. Wish. Yeah. Oh, okay. He called, is that Nike now? Yeah, Malachi. Is at Nike. I didn't even know. Yeah, he's like he's over it. energy. Like he does all the energy stuff. So that's like Travis Scott. That's all the like cool right. brands. So what a fire nah, he fucking me. job, bro. It's amazing. His job's amazing. He <laughs> yeah. travels. He travels and does shit for sneakers. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Can't fucking beat it. Nah. Yeah. 
But he called me. He was like, yo, like, Nudie's coming to, a t- coming to town tomorrow. Like, uh, I really want to go to the show. He's like, you know anybody in the camp? I was like, yeah, I was just with BJ. Uh, I, was at, I was at Nudie's release party in L.A. That was my friend. So, like, yeah. I called, called uh, BJ and said, hey, you guys want to go to Nike campus? Malachi said, you come to Nike campus. He just wants to go to the show. Absolutely, bro. Let's do it. So, like, I'm never a person, like, if... It's because you're not directly involved, necessarily. Not even that. Like, I was taught never to block another person's blessings. Like, if I have a chance, if you want to meet somebody and I I know them, like, am I going to co-sign you you knowing them? Not. No. But I'm never going to not give you access to being able to meet that person because that's blocking somebody else's blessing. Like, you never know what can come from that for that person. Like, even if I never, ever... See anything from that? It doesn't matter for me. Yes, for me, it's always about giving the other, the next man, the opportunity because you never know what they are going through or what what they actually need in that moment. So, like, but when I say like when I say co-signing, like, am I gonna be like, hey, this person is X, Y, and Z, and give you a hold? No, like, hey, bro, I'm gonna give you the. I can teach a man to fish. Can't fish for you. Yes, I've yeah, we you need the that. Yeah, we need more people like that. Yeah, that that's like that type of attitude is the only type of time i'm on like it's gonna with, keep us moving forward yeah just anyone i've met you know our our mutual friend steve who i was texting you know trying to get prepared for today like i talked to steve earlier today too yeah, shout out he's Steve-o. he's just like him red obviously now you like just there's just such there's a certain like energy cloth that people are cut from yeah. like and you know it when you when you meet them right like there's just you know sh- shout out to a few others you know who you are but it's just like the other ones, you know you're not that person, so fuck you. <laughs> He's one of the ones, though. Yeah, for sure. Okay, last one of the short answer, Juju. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. Part one. Part one on the new set. Fantastic. Amazing. Fantastic. We are shaping up nice in the new set. Moving to the this or that. I'm going to give you two choices. All you got to do is pick one. Okay. Yeah, how's that working for you? Having to look? Not great. <laughs> I'm looks, gonna, looks a little awkward. I have to go too far. Yeah, well, I'm going to get like a TV tray or something. Maybe okay. have it right here. Fair enough. So, Vinyl drop or NFT collection? Vinyl drop. TikTok or YouTube? I watch both so much. So it depends on the time of day. If it's early in the day, YouTube. If it's mm. late at night, before bed, TikTok. Oh, okay. I like that. Classic Impala or brand new Hellcat? Impala, baby. Pock or big? I like both of them, but I don't listen to them both enough. Like, I like both of them, but, you know. Everyone likes both of them. That's why it's I would say, so I would say big, only because big is inspired by uh, the sophomore. The mm-hmm. like, he came down here and got a whole new flavor. Yeah. So big. Okay. okay. Rock or EDM? Rock. Ranch or blue yacht cheese? Rock, yacht rock. Let's yacht see. rock. Yeah, yeah. Yacht yeah rock. With the uh, the pull the Sperry's. Yeah, and all that. yacht rock. Ranch or blue cheese? Ranch. Permanently speak with auto tune or lose a toe? What would that sound like with auto tune? <laughs> I've had turf toe before. Turf toe Ooh. is not a bitch. So we <laughs> uh, can't get turf toe on a toe that's not there anymore. That's yeah, but I, have ghost, but I have ghost toe there. Like, I think the shit's there. It's yeah. not there. <laughs> You'd be falling over. Give me out of tune. I'm going out of tune all day. I like it. I like Give it. Give him the tune. Adopt a bulldog that does your dishes or a husky that speaks Japanese. I got a dishwasher, but that Japanese might come in handy. Might. Give me your Japanese speaking dog. Husky. I like it. I like it. Last one. 
eat fish every day or get smacked in the face by a fish every day? Eat fish every day. Every day. Every day. Part two. Part two. Part two. Okay. He's got auto tune. He's got a husky that speaks Japanese, and he's eating a lot of fish. I have a great point. fucking life. That sounds like a great <laughs> fucking life. He's a pescatarian at this point. <laughs> Last part is the word association. I'm going to say one word. You just give me one word right back. First word off the top of your head. Maybe two words, but you know, ideas, first thought. Rapper! Starting, of course, with hip hop. Love. Luck. Sometimes. Home. Family. Ball. Till I fucking fall. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Juice. I got it. Password. Reset daily. (laughs) Yeah. Knife. I'd rather hold it than get cut with it. Podcast. I got something to get off my chest. G. ABCs. <laughs> Cake. I like ass. <laughs> that might play into this next one potentially. Magic. City. <laughs> there we go. Lil. Boosie. United. Master. What an episode. This has been the very wow. first episode on the brand new One More Time wow. podcast set. Wow. Y'all know this shit was expensive. So if you fuck with us, at least drop a like, a, like, a comment, a subscribe. Just do the sub. Hit the bell, man, one time. And if you're feeling, you know, real freaky, like hit that link in the bio and give us a few dollars. We have I mean, a donation <laughs> link in the bio. That is for sure. This has man. been Juju McLean. Appreciate you coming on, man. Director Thank you, of man. Producer Relations at United Masters. Involved in some super dope shit. We didn't even scratch the surface, man, but we appreciate you coming on. We'll have to do a part two sometime. Thank you yes. for having me. Until next week, Thank Henry. You. Getting out what of here. What are we doing? Peace and out. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.